Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Number six. Can't believe we're already at number six. But I, I hope that this series has been good for you. I hope that you felt a little challenged and stretched through this series. I hope that you've made some changes in your life too. More prayer, maybe, right? More um, thought about what your answer should be if questioned about your faith, right? Maybe you've written out your testimony through this series, um, given some thought to it. I, I hope that you've been inspired to share your faith with someone throughout this, someone that doesn't know Jesus yet. Uh, the most important pieces of taking ground to me the most important pieces of taking ground from the enemy spirit in a spiritual warfare sense are prayer and preaching. If you get nothing else from the series, I hope that you take that. Pray and preach the gospel. And don't let the word preach scare you too much. It doesn't have to be on a stage and with a microphone, right? It just means sharing the gospel, being a witness about what you have seen and heard about who Jesus is. You know, witness is actually a legal term. I might be jumping ahead of myself a little bit. We might be covering this today. But it's Jesus used it as a, in the legal sense. And to be called as a witness in a courtroom is to not be an expert on the whole situation, not know everything, just tell about what you have seen and heard, right? That is what we're called to do but you don't have to do it alone. We've talked this whole series about sharing your faith, and I've heard from so many of you amazing testimonies and stories. We're going to hear some of them next week. I'm so excited. Uh, But stories of what God has done in your life, and yet we're still so scared, scared to share those stories. I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to do it alone. In fact, this message is called The Helper. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus sent a helper. He knew we couldn't do this impossible task alone, that we would need help. So, you know, sometimes this burden, if you want to call it that, this calling to go and make disciples of all nations, it seems daunting. It seems undoable. And in fact, sometimes it is. It's it's tough work. It threatens to crush us. Heartbreaking work. To see those that you have cared about, those that you have poured your life out for, deny it and walk away is crushing. It's backbreaking work. Sometimes it's long, sleepless nights and long days. All right? I don't want to lie to you and tell you that it is easy. It isn't what you've signed up for to be a disciple maker not easy. Right? But God didn't leave us alone in it. He gave us a helper. In fact, today we're going to read about Jesus's last moments on earth, the very last season of his assignment in Acts 1. We're, we're going to read through how, we're actually not going to read through, but it comes right after how he lived through his own personal hell, right? Jesus was tortured, Body and mind, people left him, betrayed him, 
turned their backs on him. They denied him. He lived through even death and overcame, right? In every sense of the word, Jesus is the ultimate overcomer. That doesn't mean he was supernaturally delivered from terrible situations. We do see that occasionally in his ministry where he just seems to like disappear into the crowd. He's just gone. (laughs) This isn't what he did in the end, though. When it was his time, he lived through the crucifixion and everything that came with it. By his own power and strength, he overcame them. And he wanted us to have that same power, right? To be called to a mission higher than just ease and comfort. A lot of us as Christians, we want God to just, God, make this a good day, an easy day. Let me have a good day. I don't see Jesus praying that that often, ever, actually. He was called to do something that would change the world, to live through the evil and not only survive, but to thrive, right? We're going to read Acts 1 today, written by Luke. And he tells us Jesus' actual words about the Holy Spirit, that there are lots of passages we could read about the Holy Spirit throughout the Word. In fact, I hope that if you're interested in this, if you've been seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit for a while, I hope that you have read through some of those passages from the sermon notes this week. I hope that you've prepared your heart for that. Sometimes uh, some of us need that research. We need to know about the Holy Spirit from a biblical sense before we're ready to receive it. So I hope that you've done that. There are so many passages we could read about the Holy Spirit today. Uh, He has had his hand in so much throughout the ages. So many people Uh, through the Holy Spirit's involvement, have done ministry, even throughout the Old Testament. A a lot of denominations, actually, a lot of people read the Word and they think that the Holy Spirit's involvement in the lives of believers is a new thing. It's not. The Holy Spirit was present at creation. He was present in Moses' temple. He was present every time a new king was anointed uh, through the Old Testament. He was present. He was there. He had his hand in it. To say that he was only available to new Christians right after Jesus ascended for the purpose of setting up the church, which a lot of denominations believe, it's ludicrous to me. So when I read the Old Testament, I see him all throughout it. He was present every time a job needed doing in the Old Testament. Samuel walked with the Holy Spirit. Elijah and Elisha had the Spirit of Jesus with them. Moses needed the Holy Spirit to deal with those complaining, backstabbing people. <laughs> he needed him, right? Uh, he, we, see, we even see this crazy Holy Spirit baptism moment when King Saul was first anointed, If you don't believe me, go and read it again. It is a crazy story, which is also proof, by the way, that you can walk with the Holy Spirit and then lose it later on. But leaders throughout history needed the Holy Spirit. They had a job to do in leading people. And now, today, we all have a job to do, right? We do have different access to him throughout his, for the first time in history, uh, which began changing with the moment that we're going to read today. 
Okay, so he's the same Holy Spirit doing the same job, equipping us to do ministry in the name of Jesus, but we have different access. We have more access to him today than they did throughout the Old Testament. Okay, and it began changing with the passage we're going to read today. Are you ready? Acts 1, verse 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, a few times, right? Because he says, as I told you before, this was, this was um, an important enough instruction that he told his disciples multiple times. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that he promised. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And it's an important gift. Jesus said, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit, talking to his disciples. You know, a lot of people get very confused about this particular subject because of the word baptism, I think. Or we have a very specific baptism, right? You all see us do it every six weeks or so down here uh, with water, right? We have a tank of water. We dunk people. It's a physical thing. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is similar, but not water, physical, right? Baptism with water signifies a repentance of sin, the washing away of the old and the ushering in of the new. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls a gift, just like repentance, really. It's not something that is earned, but given, much the same as forgiveness for sins is given when we repent. Just as baptism with water changes you, it has an effect on your soul. So does baptism in the Holy Spirit. I have heard from so many new disciples that have been dunked in water and afterward, how do you feel? You know, welcome to the family. How do you feel? And they're like, amazing. I cannot have anticipated this feeling right? Do anybody remember that feeling after your baptism for the first time? It's a freshness, a newness. Um, Sometimes they describe it as like a peace, a joy, right? That initial dunking might be a temporary wetness, but the effects last forever. You're a different person after you've been baptized, and you're a different person after you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit too. It is the same in that sense. It's a dunking Okay, well, there's a couple things that change when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. First of all, you begin to think differently. We think differently after being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's like being dunked in electric love, right? You feel it all throughout your body. It is sort of a physical thing in that sense. You can feel it. Instead of hearing about God's love, you now feel it. In every bone and cell of your body, you are it. You know it. It's, it's like it's on the inside of you. I've gotten the privilege 
of being involved in so many Holy Spirit baptisms. You know, growing up in a Pentecostal church, you saw them all the time. Uh, But I've also gotten the chance to help people pray through it many, many times now. And my favorites are kids. To see a kid baptized in the Holy Spirit is just the most special, (laughs) funny sometimes moment because kids are so honest and they just put things in such a literal good way. Um, One time I I was at kids camp and I was praying with some girls around the altar and one was obviously baptized in the Holy Spirit and just tears streaming down her face. She She was praying and worshiping and uh, a little bit afterward, when she had calmed down a little bit, I was like, so how do you feel? Uh, what Do you feel like God was saying anything to you? Is there, you know, anything you can identify that he said to you? And she said, I just feel like love, just love. That's it, just love. And she hopped up, and we went back to playing games or whatever. <laughs> like, just, okay, now we're done, moving on. So sweet and cute, but just the perfect explanation. Because so many adults have explained it that same way. I just feel love. So much love. That is what the Holy Spirit baptism feels like. But you begin to think differently afterward. After experiencing love on that level, begin to think differently. You know, I describe the Holy Spirit a lot as like a fire in my belly. There's sometimes a motivation that goes along with the Holy Spirit. Like, I know what I should do, and I know how I should do it, and I have to do it today. He helps me to think through confrontations or um, things that I should say or do, or with me, it's usually preaching or, you know, leading in some way like that. There's this fire in my belly. I just have to. He helps clarify those thoughts. So many of us I get so many questions about, like, how do I know God is speaking to me versus just me, right? Just me thinking about something over and over. How do I know it's God? When you, after you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I rarely get those questions anymore because you just know there is a fire in you, passion within you. The Holy Spirit isn't just speaking to you from the outside anymore. It's like you know him. Does that make sense? You can say no, because honestly, when I get questions before somebody's baptized in the Holy Spirit, when people ask about it, they're like, what does it feel like? What does it look like? How do... It's very hard to explain. This is a supernatural experience. It's not easily explained. I'm going to do my best to put it into words today, right, to help you feel and understand this a little bit more, but it's just not that easy to explain. It is a supernatural experience. But you know when it happens, when it happens. With disciple making, it often helps you think of things differently than you do naturally. Right? It's, it's the Holy Spirit brings new solutions to old problems. He brings that higher perspective. And God's ways are higher than our ways, right? His thoughts higher than our thoughts. He has a, a better perspective of everything than we do. The Holy Spirit is now whispering those things within you. You're thinking differently. You see things differently. And we talked last week about having a heart that God has. Break my heart for what breaks yours, right? <laughs> Seeing people the way God sees them. The Holy Spirit helps you do that. You think differently when you're walking with him. You also act differently. 
We see this throughout the word too. Peter, for example, is one of the most stark contrasts before Holy Spirit and after. Before the Holy Spirit, before Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he denied Jesus three times in public. Remember? Jesus was literally headed toward or hanging on the cross when Jesus needed Peter and the people around him most, Peter said, I, I don't even know him. I've never heard of him. Couldn't point him out to you in a crowd. Don't know the guy, right? He denied him three times. And after, we see Peter in just a, a chapter or two in Acts preaching in the streets. In the full holiday streets, actually. There's tons of people in Jerusalem seven weeks after Jesus ascended. 3,000 people join him in believing in Jesus that day. Because Peter, the same guy that denied Jesus three times, is now preaching in the streets, no problem. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That is the difference. He's still Peter, right? We see him throughout the Gospels being this willful a strong-willed guy, this passionate guy. He makes some mistakes and some blunders. He's all over the place, but he's always passionate. He's still Peter, but he's on fire for Jesus. It's a difference, okay? We act differently after being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The early church shared everything that they had. I mean, they went from Judaism for the most part. There were some Gentiles in there too, but most of the early church started out Jewish, and they went from hoarding things. Um, the Jewish culture was very like, look at me, look what I have, look what you don't have. It must mean God didn't bless you, right? They were very stuck up about it. You see that in the Pharisees for sure. But, but the early church, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, shared everything they had. I mean, they were selling off pieces of property to give to the church. They weren't hoarding things anymore shared everything they had. That's the kingdom of God that the Holy Spirit came to set up, right? The early church prayed together constantly. It wasn't a once a day, once a week thing for them anymore. They prayed together constantly. That's the kingdom of God, right? When Jesus spoke about the kingdom of, kingdom of God, he didn't always mean heaven, eternity, something far away and untouchable. He meant here and now a lot of times. Now, the kingdom is here, because he is here now, because he was sending the Holy Spirit. When we act like actual Christians, when we love genuinely and sacrificially, that's love. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's enabling us to do, right? The Holy Spirit comes to bring power, love, and a sound mind. We act differently. I, I see... A lot of Christians try to manufacture this to some degree. We think that the Holy Spirit is something that he's not, that he always has to come and mess up a plan or that he has to be big and showy. If the Holy Spirit, if what you're doing in the name of the Holy Spirit is distracting from the gospel, it's not the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit empowers you to share the gospel. We act differently when he is motivating us. We also speak differently, right? We think differently, we act differently, we speak 
differently. I've shared this story a few times before, but the most, uh, the best example I can think of is one time I, I was a kids pastor at the time, and uh, a mom came to me, and I could tell she was a little bit annoyed. She was, <laughs> she came and she said, um, "I have a question about something you told my kid. I think it was my son." And I was like, okay, give me just a minute. Let me put some things down. We'll talk. And I used that minute to put those things down to say, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> just whispered to the Holy Spirit, like, please help me. And uh, I, when I turned back around, she started to tell me, I think it was about baptism or something like that with her son. And uh, I remember just immediately the words came to me. And I, I swear to you, I did not think of them before they came out of my mouth. But I heard myself saying the right words, the perfect answer to her question. It was something biblical about baptism and kids and forget exactly. But I remember hearing myself saying the words before I thought them. It was not me answering that question. The Holy Spirit speaks through us when we give him the opportunity, when we ask him for help. Well, especially when it's something that's going to matter for eternity like that. And we can whisper to the Holy Spirit, and he helps us. He is the helper. We need him to do this job that he's called us to do. So we think differently, we act differently, we speak differently. That is why Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends this gift. It's important. You need it. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. Acts 1, verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? This question always gets me because you would think after walking with Jesus for three years, hearing everything that he had to say, all the things that he was explaining, you would think they'd get it by now. They're still looking to Jesus for a physical kingdom here and now. They're still hoping for some vindication that after everything that they went through with the crucifixion and being persecuted and just all of it, looking, having been looked down upon by the Pharisees for so long and lied about and all of it, he would, they thought, surely, Jesus, surely now is the time. We're going to show them, right? We're going we're gonna to set up this new kingdom. You're going to be the king, and we're going to be at your side, and people will look up to us now. Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Mind your own beeswax, dude. That's what Jesus just... <laughs> They're not for you to know. Stop asking that question and get focused on what you should be focused on. It's, it's like Jesus is redirecting them like toddlers, right? They're, they're fighting over, <laughs> like toddlers can't share a toy. They can't share Israel. They're fighting over it. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. There's something else for you, better for you over here. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit, more than anything, 
right? More than vindicating you, more than making you look good, (laughs) any of that, just like they wanted. More than that, he gives you power to be witnesses, power to testify about Jesus to great effect, right? Not power to see into heaven, not necessarily power to know all the secrets about the kingdom of God, not, you know, to know the future and predict everything that's coming. Some people get way, way, way into prof- into the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, like prophecy, or, you know, knowing things about the future. What he, what the, the baseline of what the Holy Spirit gives is power, love, and a sound mind, and to be witnesses. It's, it's all about the gospel. Right? We... we get very into predicting the future and I'm wondering what every single line of revelation is about. And our job today is to focus on getting more people into heaven. No, no, no. Getting one more person into heaven, right? It doesn't have to be these crowds and huge numbers of people. Your job is to see just one more, one more today, one more tomorrow, one more the day after that. Just see one more precious soul be saved, forgiven, and set free. That is why the Holy Spirit came, for us to help focus, focus on the one. And Jews knew who God was for thousands of years and couldn't focus, right? They were adding laws and more laws and more laws because behavior can't be regulated to that degree. It doesn't work. But when the Holy Spirit is inside of us, it flows out of us naturally, right? Unless you've been given a platform already, stop trying to manufacture one or steal someone else's and just go preach to the one. Find one person that is looking for truth. There's something real. And just be there. A youth student asked me once lately, like, how do I tell people about Jesus? Like, I, I don't want to push them away. Sometimes I feel like I'm so pushy. I, I don't know what to say. I, I want to do this well. How? How do I do this? And I said, you know what? Focus on being a good friend. Like a good friend. Focus on actually being there. Love them genuinely. Right? And then when they're ready, you'll know. You'll be there. And you'll share it with them. It doesn't have to be hard. Just wait for the Holy Spirit to speak, to nudge you. Be there. Love them. And he will. Jesus said to be his witnesses. Like I said, it's a legal term. Tell about what you have seen and heard. A lot of us, we we try to know everything there is to know about the Bible. We try to be ready. Like, I don't tell people about Jesus because what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? I don't know all the answers. Bible is a very large book, 66 books, actually, written by over 40 authors over thousands of years, all with different uh, subjects and um, audiences and purposes. I mean, (laughs) the more I know about the Bible, in fact, the the more I realize I need to know, I need to learn. I, I will never, I'll spend the rest of my life studying that book and not know it all. You're never going to know it all. (laughs) You're never going to be ready. But just like me with that parent, I was trying to answer a question. The Holy Spirit speaks. He leads you to the right answers. Right? You don't have to know it all. In fact, that's why we've 
been talking about sharing our testimonies this month, right? Share your experience. Your story is powerful. What has God done for you? That's being a witness, right? What, what did his presence feel like the first time you felt it? What difference is there in your life because of Jesus? Who were you before him? What made you come to him? Who are you now? That's your testimony. Work that story into a conversation. It is powerful, not awkwardly, weirdly, pushy, but naturally. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. So powerful. We're gonna, next week is testimony week, and I'm so excited for this. I have some of you lined up to share your testimonies, share your stories. We're gonna share these together. Get some practice. I know the stage is a little scary sometimes, but we're going to get some practice among people who also believe and will support you and clap for you and be happy for you. And then you can go out into the world and share those stories too. It's so important that we do that. Jesus spoke with authority. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will too. Not as if you know about God, but as if you know God. That's the difference the Holy Spirit brings. And you start right here in your town. I love how practical and spiritual Jesus is, right? In Jerusalem, and Judea, and Samaria, he was like saying in Gettysburg, and Adams County, and Pennsylvania, and throughout the world. He was giving us very specific locations. I even think it, it can get even more specific than that. Um, in your family, like in your household, to your kids, to your spouse, to the people that you live with, to your workplace, right? To your extended family and your reach on social media. Although social media isn't always the best place to share the gospel. I'm just <laughs> telling you right now, it's better in relationship. When you're looking at someone in the eyeballs, you can feel their emotions, right? Holy Spirit works in those conversations so powerfully. Now, if you have been, I'm talking to most of you as if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I need to convince you today, but if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit already, let me just talk to you for a second. What are you doing with that power? What are you doing with it? I knew two, I knew this couple once who kept asking every Sunday, how do we get the baptism in the Holy Spirit? We've been praying for it. We come up every altar call, but it never seems to happen. How do we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Why haven't we gotten it yet? It was almost like they were demanding it, challenging me like, to give them an answer right now. Give us the Holy Spirit. I, I genuinely didn't know. And I, um, you know, we went over the usual stuff. Is your life in obedience to Christ? Is, it, is there unforgiveness you're harboring? Um, you know, any of that, we, we went over some of those things, and they didn't seem to identify anything. And so I said, you know what, let's pray and see what the Holy Spirit says. And so we bowed our heads and we prayed. I think it was right down here at the altars. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me a question. And he said, ask them what they plan to do with it. What do they plan to do with the Holy Spirit power that comes on them? And when I asked them that question, they were like, I don't know. That's just the next step, right? It's just the next thing. It's like the next step of faith. So, so you don't plan to do it. Like, 
There's nothing you plan to do with it. And I had never thought of the Holy Spirit and baptism in that sense before, but it makes perfect sense when we're reading this scripture and what Jesus is saying to do with it, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, not just because, not for no reason, but to empower you to be witnesses. That's why it comes. And if you plan to do nothing with it, just like you're doing nothing with it now, why would he? He comes to empower you. The Holy Spirit that I know and love that I've walked with since I was a kid, he's always pushing me, (laughs) challenging me, prompting me. There's more that can be done. Do more. Right? I tell the story about preaching in my head before I was comfortable doing this. God began to just push me a little bit. I was preaching in my head long before I ever... I mean, I was already speaking to kids, but that was a very different thing than this, right? And God just prompted me. Holy Spirit said, no, this is happening. Every time I would close my eyes at night to lay down to go to bed, I couldn't relax because I was preaching in my head. And when I'm driving alone in the car, I'm preaching in my head. And the Holy Spirit was saying, no, no, you can do more. Step up. You got this. That's what the Holy Spirit does over and over. He shows you ways that you can do more. If you're not ready to step out and say, I'm going to do something with this, anything with it, what's the point? What are you going to do with it? As somebody, like I said, I get this question a lot where people are like, how do I know that it's the Holy Spirit speaking or just me? There's really only two ways to know. Number one, does it line up with his word? Holy Spirit's not going to whisper anything to you that's not going to line up with the Bible, right? And secondly, and you're not going to like this one, did it work? You're not going to like it because that means you have to step out and do whatever it is the Holy Spirit seems to be prompting you to do, right? Did it work out? There's an element of faith that comes with walking with the Holy Spirit where you don't always know that you know that you know, Sometimes it's just something you feel really nervous about. You have to step out and try it. (laughs) Did it work? Sometimes he'll whisper at the grocery store, go help that person. Tell them Jesus loves them. And you're like, what if they think I'm weird? What if they tell me to go pound sand? What what if they say something mean? I don't know. how, How am I supposed to do that? Then we panic. And instead of just listening and doing it, we don't chicken out, right? If you did it, it would probably work because it's the Holy Spirit telling you to. And you'd feel like, oh, okay, that's what his voice sounds like. The more you respond, I think it was Johannes that told me this once when I asked him some questions. And he said, the quicker that you respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the louder his voice seems the next time. Because now you know it. You've responded right? You can be quicker about responding. And then the practice of walking with the Holy Spirit is it's really just learning to be quicker, quicker at saying yes, quicker at responding to what he's asking you to do. The Holy Spirit pushes you outside of your comfort zone, but he also gives you the power to do it. It's both. Let's keep reading. Last passage here today, verse nine. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud. I mean, it's literally the last thing that he said to his disciples while walking here on earth. The last thing had to have been important, right? After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. 
and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him. I love thinking about two like angels just showing up behind these guys. They're just looking, they're straining, can't see him anymore. Do you see him? I don't see him anymore. Where'd he go? Is he coming back? And these angels are just like, guys, what you doing? Why are you still standing here? (laughs) Right? Jesus literally told you what to go and do. He's not coming back today. Go do it. Right? One commentary I read uh, about this verse said that there are various times throughout the Bible when a cloud covers the heavenly realm. Whatever's going on in the heavenly realm, a cloud covers it. Like uh, when God speaks to the nation of Israel in the book of Exodus after they leave, and he's covered by a cloud so that they can't see what's going on. There are things we are not meant to know right now. Jesus said it here, right? The Father sets those dates and times. They're not for you to know. There are things that are not for you to know right now. Stop trying to strain and understand that which you're not meant to know yet and trust that God will reveal it to you in due time. Meanwhile, you've been given a job. I see this as a common mistake in Christianity where people are uh, they are desperate to know. You know, Revelation is the only book of the Bible that hasn't happened yet right? We're so desperate to know what's going to happen. We can sometimes get unfocused on the job at hand. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad to study the book of Revelation and figure it out. But let me just tell you what, you're not gonna, not gonna figure it out. It's prophecy. It's weird. It's cryptic language. I think it's meant to be because there's a cloud covering what's going to happen. You're not meant to know all of it yet. Someday God will reveal it. But today is not that day. Today, you have a job to do. You have been given the Holy Spirit to do that job. And for the next seven weeks, these guys, after they went back down that mountain, they waited. Their job was to wait. Wait for the right time. And I love how God works. If you ever want to look into it, there's a reason for those seven weeks. It was seven Sabbaths complete Leviticus 23, 15, there was a whole uh, festival of the harvest that happened, and God works. This is another thing about the Holy Spirit that I think is, is misinterpreted a lot. We think that the Holy Spirit comes in to mess up plans. Holy Spirit is a planner. Right? God doesn't do anything out of time, maybe out of our time, not out of his perfect timing. He is a planner. The seven weeks was a completion. It was seven Sabbaths complete. It was a holiday in Jerusalem. There were way more people in Jerusalem than there were for the seven weeks prior. He came at the right time. The Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, happened at the right time, the best time, the most useful time to begin the church. And it came on the first day of the week, which was also Sunday, just like Jesus' resurrection, in case anybody wonders why we gather on Sunday instead of Saturday, like this, the Jewish Sabbath, because Sunday is the Lord's Day. 
Jesus's day. He resurrected on that day and he sent the Holy Spirit on a Sunday. They didn't use that seven weeks to lie around and take a vacation. And although they probably did get to rest a little after all the craziness of everything that had happened in their lives, but they met together daily. They shared stories. They prayed. They went to the temple. They dug in. They were obedient. The seven weeks is a long time to wait, but they persisted and they were rewarded with a gift. The job wasn't to stand around staring into heaven, trying to, straining to understand things they weren't meant to understand. Even in the waiting, it was to go and to build the church, to love people, do something for Jesus. And today we're going to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The band's going to go ahead and come. We're going to have a little time today before we're released to go and eat and fellowship and have fun and love on each other. We're going to have some time today of asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that if this is something that you've been praying for for a while, I hope that you've read about this this week, that you've been prepared a little bit, that you've studied up. I know some of you have prayed and fasted all week for the gift of the Holy Spirit. But even if you didn't, you came in today not knowing anything about this, but today you're like, yes, I want that. I want that power to preach the gospel and to share it with my friends and to do so with confidence and power. I want that. Today's still the day. We can learn all about the Holy Spirit later. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to empower you today. You need that power for ministry. The calling that God has on your life, and every single believer has a calling on their life. You have a, a specific anointing on you. Did you know that? Anything that you have overcome through the power of Jesus, and we all have something, we all have a testimony, right? The things that you have walked through, the things that you have seen, the things that Jesus has delivered you from, you are now specifically anointed to go and help others through that thing. You have a, a gift of faith in that area because it happened to you. Now, I don't have a big healing story, but Greg does, right? He's specifically anointed for that. I don't have a big deliverance story, but some of these guys over here do. They can help you through that. Like we're all anointed and gifted and talented for different things within the body. That is the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. It's all different parts, and we need every single part. Your story matters. It matters to the kingdom. It matters to Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to anoint you for ministry in that particular area. It wants to empower you and inspire you, give you the right words, the right thoughts, the right actions. He wants to show you how to do this well. The calling Jesus has given you requires the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. You do have to be in the right space to receive it, right? In walking in obedience, ready to repent, ready to leave the unforgiveness and the bitterness behind, ready to submit fully to the Holy Spirit. But you don't have to earn it other than that. Holy Spirit has been a gift in my life in so many ways. I have seen the young and old alike be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it is always beautiful. Tears streaming down their face, but not because of 
grief or sadness. It's joyful. It's wonderful. It's like God is healing them on the inside of things they didn't even know they were still hurting from. And you can see a whole new world in their eyes afterward. The, the love of God just wrapping around them. And I know it seems like because we can't uh, describe it all, we can't make it all sound concrete and like here's steps one, two, and three. I know it, it can feel scary sometimes, but this is not a scary experience. It doesn't have to be out of your control. In fact, the Holy Spirit doesn't work like, like a possession, like we picture demons like controlling us or whatever. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. You're in control. It's just the Holy Spirit is empowering you. There's so many times when I've seen the Holy Spirit fall on someone and he heals them emotionally. The Holy Spirit comes on someone and, and he commissions them. He gives them a job to do. They walk out feeling inspired, like there's, they have to do some things. Or he heals them physically in some cases too when he comes. The, the thing is, he knows us. The Holy Spirit God knows us individually and personally. He's going to do what you need. He's going to be what you need in your life. He's not just for leadership anymore. Like he was available to only the, the kings, the priests, the prophets in the Old Testament. He's available to every single one of us. And he wants to work a miracle in your life. To be a disciple maker, you need the Holy Spirit. All the greats throughout the Old Testament had him. And now God is calling you. Jesus literally said, you're going to do better things than me. You're going to do greater things than even I accomplished here on earth. You need help to do that. Today's our opportunity. We're going to ask God for the gift of the helper. But don't do so just for another box to check. Right? This isn't just another step in your spiritual journey. Ask him because you're going to do something with it. Because you want to minister to people. Because you want to have a, a, a better heart for them. Last week we talked about the natural progression of faith that most people follow. Right? I laid out that pathway for us. Find Jesus, move forward, do something. If you want to do something for God, this is the best way that I know. The Holy Spirit didn't come to make your life easy. He made, came to make your life powerful. The more powerful, powerful you are, the more responsibility you have to. And we're going to challenge ourselves to that today. We come in to the church. We build each other up. We inspire each other. And then we go out and we preach the gospel. That's where the, we should see the real ministry happening outside these walls, not just inside. Seven days a week, not just one. Right? Before we move into Holy Spirit responses, though, would you just bow your heads and pray with me? Some of us today in this room have never experienced Jesus. We've never given our lives to Jesus. And Jesus is really the first step of this process to, to humble ourselves enough to say, yes, I am a sinner. I, I can't do life on my own anymore. I, I mess things up all the time. I, there are things that I know that I should do and I don't do. There's things I don't do that I know that I should do. I'm, I'm a sinner. I know that. And I want Jesus in my life. 
I want his forgiveness and love in my life. I want to know my heavenly father. And I know now Jesus is the way. If that's you, before we move on to anything else today, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to him. We call it saying, I'm in around here, which just means I'm into following him. I'm in for his forgiveness. I'm in, in the family of God. If that's you and you're in this room, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to follow Jesus. Maybe it's the first time, for the first time in a long time. And it's just, it's, it's really just a prayer, a very simple prayer. Jesus, I believe in you. I accept your forgiveness in my life. I'm going to live your way from today forward. If that's you, you're in this room, just raise your hand. I want to pray that prayer today. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're watching online and you want to make that decision today, you can text the number on the screen or you can type I'm in in the comments as well. We would love to help you with that. Today, you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I've, I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit in the past, but I haven't been doing anything with that power. Before we move on to responding to the Holy Spirit in a bigger way, I do want to offer a time of repentance first. Maybe you've let things sort of slip obedience-wise in your life. You haven't been living right and you know it or you just haven't been doing anything. It's, it's You've let a little laziness creep in. A lot of us have done this since COVID. <laughs> we got a little lazy. We got a little isolated. We let ourselves focus on us more than the world around us. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes still closed, I just want to give you an opportunity today to say, you know what, I repent. Coming back, I want to love people better. I want the Holy Spirit more than ever. That's you. Would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for today? Thank you. Lots of those hands. Father, before we move on, I I just want to pray over those responses. Thank you for humbling our hearts, God. Thank you for giving us that power. God, let us not hoard it all to ourselves. Let us not hold it too tightly, too closely. Let us overflow with love, with the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we would tap into the Holy Spirit again and that he would overflow from us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you want so badly to pour out of us. It's not meant just for us. It's meant for the people in our lives. God, I pray that you'd pour out this again. Overflow from us to our world. Continue to whisper to our hearts or start whispering again if we've been ignoring it for a while. Help us respond quickly, more quickly than ever. Loving the world around us, doing something with what we've been given. Help us be generous with your love. In Jesus' name. Would you all stand with me? want to do this part on our feet because I think it's it's often a holy moment when the Holy Spirit comes. And we're going to sing together a little bit before we go and eat and have some fun today. We're going to pray, but before we do that, I just want to prepare your hearts. The next thing that I'm going to 
offer is baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is something that takes a little boldness, takes a little courage to walk up in front of everybody and say, yes, I want the Holy Spirit and to be prayed over and, and to, I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out, close your eyes and just begin to pray. Takes a little boldness. Step out in faith today and do it. Right? If that's something that you want, that you've been praying for, or you just realized today that you want it, this is your opportunity. So let's bow our heads. Pray one last time for that specifically before I offer. Father, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that it is a gift. We get to experience your presence, your purpose, and your power within us. Not just on the outside, not just whispering to us occasionally, not just feeling your presence once in a while, but we get to carry it with us. It is such a gift, unique on planet Earth, a gift that is empowering, that makes us effective for ministry. God, thank you that you don't leave us alone in that, that you didn't just come and minister for three years here on planet Earth 2,000 years ago and then peace out away from us, that you gave us a helper. You gave us your very spirit. God, empower us. Let us love people better than we ever have. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing for just a moment before I, I ask for a response, just to get our hearts ready. I want you to pray about this. Right? If it's something that you want, go into it open, with open eyes and open hearts, ready to receive. Okay, so during this song, we're just going to sing a little bit. Would you just bow your heads, pray, get alone with God, alone with the Holy Spirit. Don't focus on everybody around you, but really ask God, is this something that, that I should pursue? Is this for me? Am I ready? Let's sing a little bit before we do that.
something that you want today. Maybe you've been praying about the baptism in the Holy Spirit for a while. You can go ahead and come. Just come up to the altar. Run to the altar if you're ready. Come up to the front of the stage. and I'm going to ask the prayer team to just begin to pray. But what we're doing here is we're... Come, come, yes. What we're doing here is we're reaching out to God. We're responding to him in faith and asking him to come and fill us, okay? So come, ask, right? Open, stretch out your hands and just begin to ask God. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with fire, with power, with love. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can come and lay your hands on them and just begin to pray.
didn't talk a lot about the gift of tongues this morning, but I don't want you to be surprised if that happens. A lot of times when the Holy Spirit falls, and anybody who's up at the front, if you're not praying, look up at me right now. Can I see you? If you're pursuing the gift of the Holy Spirit, look up at me. Sometimes it takes you speaking out loud because the Holy Spirit wants to actually speak through you. Okay? And sometimes that comes out in ways you do not understand. It's called the gift of speaking in tongues. There's a couple different purposes of this, right? We can teach about that later. There's some actually uh, papers in the baskets around the front that will explain some of this. But today, don't be scared if it happens. All right? You're reaching out to God, and sometimes he, when his spirit comes on you, he gives you a prayer language. It's called praying in tongues. Not anything to be scared of, right? It, but it tends to be, we call it the initial manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It tends to be the first thing, one of the first things that happens when his Holy Spirit comes. It doesn't always happen, but 99% of the time when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you begin to speak in tongues. So don't stifle that if you feel it happening. And it's why I tell you to start speaking. Ask God out loud for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Start, just begin to speak because sometimes we have to step out in faith before he really comes and he falls on your life in, in the baptism. So begin to do that. To do that, stretch out your hands. Begin speaking. Ask him for that baptism, for the fire that comes with the Holy Spirit. And if you start speaking in other tongues, let it happen. It's good. Try 
in the Holy Spirit. Thank you that even if if we didn't feel your presence today, you are with us everywhere we go. Do you want to empower us and deliver us and set us free? God, let this be a place of, of hope, of freedom, of peace. Your spirit would be loosed in this place. That even as we go from here, as we share a meal today and we have a ton of fun together, that you would be with us. You'd speak through us. You'd help us to think differently, to act differently, be with each other differently. Give us hearts for you, hearts that break for what yours break for. Help us see our world differently. Take ground spiritually. Let's push back and, and take back what the enemy has stolen what's rightfully ours as children of God. Thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Now, we're not done praying. If you're up at the altars, you can continue to pray. In fact, prayer team, you can kind of move in front of some of these guys and and help talk them through this. That would be awesome. But um, I do want to sort of dismiss the rest of us to bless us. We can go from here. We can set up tables. We can start to eat. And we'll let these guys keep praying. All right. So, Father, we just ask you for your blessings one more time. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you that we can take ground spiritually, that you have empowered us as the body of Christ. You've sent us a helper. We're not alone in this. You are so, so good. Such a good father. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Tom, would you come and just give us some final instructions for Friendsgiving as we continue to pray? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Again, a reminder that if you are a guest, there's plenty of food. Please stay and join with us. Parents, are just, uh, to get your children first, I know it would be a temptation to let them back there eat in peace, but we need you to Uh, get your children, and if you can help, get tables set up and stay around in fellowship. Uh, There is 20-second takeaway. I think they are ready for that if you want to share what is on your heart, what God showed you today. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray over this food. Father God, we thank you for the good work you've done today. And it doesn't stop. It will continue. Now we just ask your blessing on this food and this fellowship that we may enjoy the time together giving thanks for your goodness, your mercies that are kind and new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that there be health and strength to our bodies and we may bless one another. And we ask that you go with us this week in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. If you want to continue here at the altar, please do. As you get things set up, just keep it quiet a little bit as the ministry continues here. We'll see you around the table.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.